Welcome to the Heart to Kill podcast, the official podcast of the Heart to Kill program, the world's leading program for driven individuals looking to gain direction and momentum, where we aim to break down the complex, multifaceted and holistic factors of human performance and optimization. Both on the program and on this podcast, we will be discussing and excavating everything pertaining to psychological resilience, physical robustness, and leading by example with discipline and tenacity to create a culture of winning, especially in the turbulent, frenetic, and high-tempo world of the ambitious individual. This is Mark, the creator, senior DS, and head coach of the Heart of program. Let's get stuck straight into it. So in today's episode, we're going to be discussing should shame and the ego. Now, at face value and from an external perspective, at this point, it might look like these three things aren't interrelated whatsoever. But in the course of this episode, we're going to go through what the ego actually is, what it does, and how it may well be holding you back. Why should is a dangerous word and why it's undercutting you, creating self-limiting beliefs, and ultimately ensuring that you never take the risks and ultimately get the rewards and success that you deserve. And why shame hides in the shadows and is interlinked by the ego and what it is we can do to bring it into the spotlight, overcome that, and move you away from self-undermining behavior and towards the greatest version of yourself. So we'll start somewhere near the top by discussing the ego. I want to go on record as saying that the ego is an enormously complex element of psychological development, okay? It's developed in our, in our early formative years when we we're children, and there are a great many untold different uh, psychological schools of thought, theories, and psycho psychoanalytical practices, you know, surrounding the ego in terms of its form, its function, and ultimately how we ought to get the most out of it, how we can regulate it, so on and so forth. For the purposes of today, there is one universally agreed on thought, law, belief, whatever it is we aspire to call it, and that is that the ego is what the person is aware of when they are thinking of themselves. So when you think about yourself, you're aware of your ego. That is what you're actually aware of. It's also the element of as we typically try to project to other people. Okay, so hold that thought, hold that theory, hold all of that in place as we now get into the depths of what we're about to talk about. I want to begin by asking you a question, and that is how many times in a day do you think that you use the word should? I implore you to take a moment and think about it. So when you're talking about your training, frequently hear sentences like, I should know what to do. I should be able to do this. You know, I've been training for ages. I should know how to write this program. I should know what to eat. I should have done better. So when we begin to zoom out and actually look at a day, look at a landscape of our week, of our years, all of those things, we, we'd probably hear should infinitely more times than we would expect to. And the danger here is that should is a word loaded with societal expectation, with judgment, and with guilt. And it's almost like we ought to be cleverer than we are. We ought to be able to do, know, and achieve things that we've never had any formal training for, any proper education around, or any actual development toward. It makes absolutely no sense, yet we hear it all the time. And so often guys come to us and they're almost a little bit ashamed and embarrassed, sometimes even feeling a little bit guilty because they're like, oh, I should have known better. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fully grown adult guy. I'm a successful professional. I used to be an athlete. I should know how to program this. I should know to get a control of that. I should know how to do X, Y, and Z. And we hear it all the time. And if you're listening, to this that may well resonate and land with you if you're an individual who's currently looking through that lens. What I want to first say is if that's you, A, you're not alone, B, we hear it all the time, and C, ultimately, we today are going to talk about how the ego is complicit in that, how actually it can be a form of self-undermining, and how we can overcome that in an effort to actually move you towards what it is you aspire to do, be, and achieve. So now we understand the ego's role is to basically show a version of ourselves to other people, and that's what we're kind of seeing ourselves. We know that should is a word of societal expectation 
expectation of judgment and of guilt. And now we're going to discuss shame. I quoted a moment ago as actually, I believe, an Alex Hormozzi quote, that shame is in the shadows. What does that actually mean? Shame and all of the associated emotions, whether it be guilt, whether it be embarrassment, whether it be anxiety, and things that are similar to that are typically things that dare not speak their name. It's what we call shadow work. When we start using words like should, it's because we're embarrassed of what we're not able to do right now. It's because we're aware that something is possible, that other people are achieving it, and we are not able, for whatever reason, at this present moment in time to do it. And that's very damaging. That can be very harmful to our self-esteem, and ultimately, our ego doesn't want that. At this moment, I'd also like to help you understand the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem. Because so often, guys who reach out to us actually have really high self-esteem. They're in normally okay, if not good shape. They've enjoyed and created a good degree of professional success. They're driven, they're motivated, they're everything that we typically reward societally. And as a result, their sense of self or their self-esteem is really quite high. But self-confidence is an entirely different element. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So if you've got a high self-esteem, if you've got a high sense of self or sense of self-worth, ultimately your ego is perceiving that as good biological fitness. It means people are going to want to fucking mate with you. Because let's zoom out and let's look at the surface level society that we now currently live in. If you walk into a bar, you're looking fucking sweet, got a new shirt on that you just bought, you look wealthy, you look expensive, you look successful. Ultimately, society is going to reward that. You can obviously create resources. You're biologically fit. You're worth breeding with. I would like to continue your genetic code. And that's literally the level that we're playing on in our humanistic, uh, not even humanistic, in our animalistic minds. Okay, so if we were to no longer perceive ourselves as biologically fit, if we were no longer to perceive ourselves as capable, confident, and strong, that's going to be really detrimental to the point where actually it's going to be emotionally really, really painful, and it's going to potentially harm our biological fitness in our eyes and in the eyes of people who are seeing it. So if we were to have to ask for help, dare I fucking say it. If we were to have to, I don't know, not know how to do something, if we were to be injured, if we were to be less intelligent in one area than we would like, if we were to be underdeveloped in one area, if we were to be not as strong as we used to be, if we were not able to solve a problem, despite the fact we had no formal training to solve that problem, all of these things undermine and erode that self-esteem which is ultimately our measure of our biological fitness. So you can see now how the ego is like, okay, well, you know what? These things harm our self-esteem, harm our biological fitness, so we don't do those things. Okay, you should just know that, right? If you want to be biologically fit, if you want to be valuable to society, if you want to get the girl, if you want to have loads of mini use, if you want to be successful, then you need to get your fucking shit together and you should know that. You should project to the world that you're a person who knows how to achieve X, Y, and Z. That you're a person who has his fucking shit together. Don't you dare fucking ask for help and undermine our ability to look fucking fantastic. That shit's weak. We don't fucking do that. And now you're beginning to understand how the ego informs the use of the word should. And also, if we scratch below that, you're beginning to understand what we're truly ashamed or even embarrassed about. And that is that we maybe aren't as good at something as we would like. We maybe haven't studied something as extensively as we want to. We maybe don't have capabilities developed yet as we would like to. And that goes for every single one of us on this earth. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. There are so many people, including all of my clients, who can do things that I cannot do, who operate in roles I could not operate, who can do physical feats and endeavors that I could not do. But there's also a lot of strengths that I have that they have not developed yet. That's ultimately because they've spent, if not months, then years and decades developing skills and attributes and talents and abilities in their area. And if I needed an expert as an accountant or a director or a graphic designer, then I would go straight to them. Likewise, they have needs. They have demands, they have fears and frustration that they need external perspectives on, with which they need a help in form of strategic planning 
accountability, support, community, and all of the, the facets and the core drivers in the hard to kill program. So as a high value skill, they subordinate the ego and they come to speak to us and they're not worried about perceived harm on their self-esteem or on their biological fitness because they know actually it's going to improve their confidence. Now, the reason why high self-esteem can actually harm your self-confidence is as we've already established, your sense of self is how you see yourself. It's how the ego sees you and it's what you want to project onto the world around you. Whereas your confidence is actually your faith in your abilities. So we need evidence for that. We need evidence that we've done something, that we've done what we said we would do, that we've achieved something, that we've created something, that we don't back away, that we don't shy away, that we don't hide, we don't avoid, distract, that we don't ignore, avoid, or endure. We need evidence of that. If the self-esteem and if subsequently the ego and if on a third factor, the word should are stopping us from moving forwards, from asking for help, from starting the new thing, from being a beginner, from being a student, even though we really intrinsically want to, even though we're deeply intrinsically motivated to do that. If we've stopped ourselves from doing it and we have effectively stopped and prevented our self-esteem from ever getting harmed, our ego from ever getting bruised, but ultimately now we have no evidence. You have no evidence that you are the person who has done what the person you aspire to be has would have done. You don't have that. So therefore, you're not going to be able to build confidence. So let's go over that one more time. If you're protecting your self-esteem, if your ego is leading you to work, to use words like should, you should already know how to do that. You should avoid that. You shouldn't need to ask for help. And if all of that is keeping you stuck and struggling, then you are not creating the evidence that you have done the things that the person you would aspire to be would have done. You don't have that evidence. So therefore, you are not that person. Now, whilst this absolutely ensures and guarantees that you will never succumb to evaluation or failure or potential harm emotionally by knowing you tried really hard and ultimately didn't achieve it, you will also, in one fell swoop, ensure that you never achieve what you're truly capable of, that you'll never be who you're capable of being, that you'll never do what you're capable of doing. And the list goes on. Through this pain, challenge, uncertainty, and instability, through all these things, lay the traits you desire to have for yourself and lay as the man that you fucking aspire to be. But for as long as we continue to use words like should, for as long as we continue to be ashamed, embarrassed, guilty, and not able to talk for the things that we haven't yet been trained on and haven't yet learned, for as long as we allow our ego to self-undermine and self-undercut ourselves, then we're not gonna achieve true peak performance. We're never going to be the most physically robust, mentally sharp and high performance version of ourselves. It also impacts how we communicate with others because we're not showing them our true authentic selves because we're scared of being vulnerable. So that impacts our romantic relationships, it impacts our friendships, it impacts how you interrelate with your colleagues, coworkers, subordinates and superiors. It impacts and affects all of that. We all know when someone's being egotistical, you watch this listen to this you will know when someone is being egotistical and they're not giving you the full truth and they're proclaiming their excellence in certain fields despite they haven't really got a lot of evidence to back that up well the reason you can't see that in yourself i'll give you a guess it's one word the fucking ego again so that's why we often proclaim inside the heart to kill program that you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle that is exactly what it is that we're referring to i'm not perfect i'm a work in progress as are all of my team as are all of the clients inside the program, as hopefully are you. And ultimately, that's why even after coaching for 10 years and being in a high performance environment for in excess of 15 years, I still have my own coaches, mentors, and mental performance coaches because I need to know where I'm volatile. I need to know what they're seeing that I'm not. I need to be told when I'm being egoic and when to wire my fucking neck in and when I'm actually being a bit of a pussy, when I'm being a coward, when I'm turning away from things, when I'm being avoidant. And that is ultimately the value of it because for as long as we keep saying, I should do this, I should do that, I shouldn't ask for help, I should know it all, we're just keeping ourselves fucking stuck and we perpetuate this cycle and you have the power you have the ability to overcome 
to change and go through that. I truly, sincerely believe in the coaching process and I'm an advocate of what I believe in. And that is why I continue to surround myself with people who can see things from an external third party perspective. I can trust to relay that information to me and say, okay, this is the issue. Or we need to be doing this. Or you just need to work a little bit harder. Or you need to stop doing this. You're spending too much time here. You're not spending enough time here. This is an area of weakness. This is an area of opportunity. So if you're listening to this and you're seeing that word, and I would encourage you to, to really reflect on how many times you're using it on a regular basis. And you're using that word, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be doing the other. If you feel somewhat, again, ashamed, that actually would encourage you to shine a spotlight on that. What I mean by that is this. Often when we're afraid of doing something new, when we're afraid of evaluation or judgment or failure, there is normally a narrative. There's normally a picture in our mind of what's going to happen of a certain person or group of people who are going to judge us, certain individuals who are going to be outspoken, certain types of failure, humiliation, embarrassment. And often these can be what's referred to as trauma-informed avoidances. We've done something in the past, maybe as a youngster in a, in a sporting background, maybe as a younger man, you, you went for um, something like a promotion or went for a course and ultimately you were unsuccessful. And then we store that and we bank that and we use that as evidence and a rationale as to why we should never ever go out on a limb and try hard and make so vulnerable ever, ever again. And sometimes we have this video, this, this vision in our mind that that's going to happen again. That's going to hide in the shadows. That's going to be deep down in your in your conscious mind. And even though you know that's the fear and you play that video to yourself, it's, it's hiding. It's a deep, dark secret. It's a deep shadow. And what I want you to do is I want you to shine a spotlight on it. And I want you to say out loud exactly what it is you're afraid of which is not easy to do. And you don't have to necessarily shout this out in a coffee shop, but I'd really recommend getting total clarity on this. And I actually ran this experiment with a couple of people. There was a, there was a client working with me recently who really, really wanted to launch a business, but he was terrified of what other people were going to say. He was terrified of essentially failing and people, you know, taking the piss and then being left with egg on his face. So we got really, really clear and said, look, okay, in your mind's eye right now, there's going to be one or two or a small group of people who you're specifically referring to. I want you to fucking name them. And he gave me the names and he said them out loud. Okay, cool. And what is it you're actually looking to do? Okay, you're looking to launch a business because you want essentially you know, financial freedom, environmental freedom to travel the world and, you know, have success in that area of life. Okay, cool. Now, what I want to say out loud is I want environmental freedom, financial security, and to create resources and wealth for my family by expressing my passions in business. But I won't do it because I'm afraid of what A, B, and C are going to say about me. And he said it out loud and almost immediately a wry smile cracked across his face. And I was like, okay, cool. How does that feel? To which he responded like, that's fucking ridiculous. That is absolutely one of the most fucking ridiculous things I've ever said that's come out of my mouth. 100%, I agree. You just put the spotlight on it and in doing so, you have stripped away the power. You have faced it head on. And now you can ask yourself the question, are the opinions of A, B, and C, of that person, of that group of people, of that parent, there I fucking say it, are the opinions of that person more significant, more powerful, or greater than your desire to fucking succeed in your dream to be a true high performer, to achieve all the things you just laid out? Is that the case? No, fucking course it's not. Fuck that. I demand more. I'll go for it. Okay, then fucking go for it. I'm here for you. I will support, encourage, and hold you accountable every single step of the way. Let's fucking do it. Let's go for it. And that is the power of essentially making yourself a little bit vulnerable in the first instance by overcoming the use of the word should, by uh, accepting that our ego is maybe not always projecting the truth to us and looking to bring the shame out of the shadows, see exactly for what it is and say, you know what? Like I'm prepared to do the work. This might not be easy. This might not be safe. Might not be certain. Might not be stable, but I am the person who perseveres. And again, when we stop protecting our self-esteem, we start to create evidence that we would do what we said we would do. We'd overcome fear. We'd overcome shame, embarrassment, and all those continuum of emotions. And that builds confidence. That builds evidence that we do the thing 
that we have done the things necessary to become the person we aspire to be. So I hope that episode's been useful to you. If you're someone who catches yourself using the word should or have newly just realized you use the word should a lot, if you feel like maybe there are things you're protecting yourself from, avoiding or distracting yourself from, then I'd love to hear about it. Either comment on this on this video if you're watching it on YouTube or I'd love to hear your feedback through Instagram. Drop me a message. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you have any questions, any queries, any feedback. And I'd love to see how it improves you, your life, your outcome and your performance. Thank <laughs> you.